Alfred Molina returns as Dr. Octopus in Spider-Man 3. KFC produced Lifetime movie. The Flash's Ezra Miller joins Robert Kirkman's Invincible. Another Star Wars Rebels is ready to bring character to, to live action. And Legendary Report very unhappy about Godzilla vs. Kong to HBO Max. More that is the news stories that we'll be covering today on FRC News. Welcome everybody to FRC News with your presenter Kieran Griddens. I hope that you're all well today. Wednesday as being the dedicated day for FRC News. Nobody else will have top movie and TV show news on a Wednesday like me. So let's get swiftly into all the breaking news stories, plus seeing what you guys want to talk about as well. This is FRC News. Our first story today is Alfred Molina has reprised his role as Dr. Octopus in Tom Holland's Spider-Man 3. The actor who portrayed the evil Dr. Octopus in Tobey Maguire's 2004 Spider-Man sequel is reprising his role for the third instalment of the Tom Holland-led superhero blockbuster. The upcoming web-slinging adventure is expected to feature multiple generations of Spider-Man actors. Jamie Foxx will reportedly appear as Electro, a villain he first played opposite Andrew Garfield in The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Spider-Man 3 will also include MCU crossovers. Benedict Cumberbatch is making an appearance as Doctor Strange in the next entry. Director John Watts is returning for the third Spider-Man with Chris McKenna and Eric Sommers writing the script. Zendaya, Marissa Tomei and Jacob Badalon are all reprising their roles from the first two Holland-led Spidey adventures and Sony plan to release the film on December the 17th, 2021. Now, this is big. This is big news. I know we have covered this quite a lot on the channel on previous FRC newses, but this is big. This is very, very big. You know, there's there's been stories that Daredevil's going to be in it now, but Marvel have got the rights to him and Venom and Sinister Six, and we'll see Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield in this multiverse of Spider-Man. I have no idea what's going on. I wish that I could give you some confirmation over here on the channel, but Honestly, my mind is just so boggled by how much stuff that we're hearing from this film. It's like every single day another person is being uh, hinted or rumoured or being officially casted in this film. Um, my biggest criticism for this is they've got to give each character a, a sort of character arc within the film which i think it could become, become very very crowded it might not be that spider-man you know driven story like we've seen uh in the mcu it's definitely been them but i i do think that if they can pull it off it's going to be a spectacle and that's not me you know, sort of toning it down or anything. It is going to be a massive, massive thing, not only for superhero films, not only for films in general, but also how cinema have constantly got to be, you know, evolving and developing. At the end of the day, what is good about certain films and, and certain tv shows is that they stay in their own continuity it's fine with reboots it's fine with sequels but i personally think that you you watch the first 
you know, you watch the first film and you think, oh, this is a big character. You wouldn't span. The fact that we are talking about an actor who has played a fantastic villain in, in a film 16 years ago, but is coming back, but how would that fit in? It, it, it's, it opens so many questions, and I think if they pull it off, it's going to be massive. Like what, they do with the, what, like what they're doing with the Flash film. You know, the Flash is a character that, you know, has that opportunity of, of sort of doing the multiverse. We've seen it in the TV show version. And obviously, the MCU now with Avengers Endgame has introduced time travel. But that idea that these actors can return from different universes is massive. It is absolutely massive. And listen, if this over the next, you know, month, you know, six, seven months or so, where we're seeing trailers, you know, we're hearing official stories from Marvel, you know, these are all just sort of rumours about, you know, will Andrew Garfield be in it, will Toby Maguire in it. But Alfred Molina as well is a fantastic actor. Doctor Octopus is a fantastic character in one of the best Spider-Man films, probably the most underrated films now we've had, you know, the MCU version and, and sort of linked in with the Avengers. So this is a fantastic film. And December the 17th, you know, the fact that we're on December the 9th at the time of recording this, you know, we're... Yeah, very, we're just a year away from this gigantic cinematic experience. It's going to be very, very interesting. And, you know, Marvel are probably looking at this and thinking this is this. We're going to have to, you know, hit the ground running, smash it out the park with this, because like I've mentioned before, phase four has not got any strong characters like the other the previous phases you know phase one was the introduction had the avengers at the end phase two yes they took risks but still had a, an iron man film in there a captain america and filming there the four film and then phase three was was hit the ground when it hit out of the park for the infinity saga if you see phase four you know there are a lot of risky projects and probably what they're thinking is spider-man 3 is going to save us it's going to be a big experience and you know we'll obviously keep this i can imagine this being a film and, and a production which we're going to keep our eye on on FRC News, but there are so much potential here. It would definitely be very interesting to do. Now, we have gone from one story which everybody's been, um, you know, knowing about, everybody has wanted to, to sort of be hinted at or, what you know, where it can be confirmed. But FRC News find these hidden gems. They find some stories which you never would have known. And we hope that this is the first time you'll ever hear this story, you know, when this film becomes massive. But it is going to be very, very interesting. I'm going to read this out to you now. Uh, you, you, I don't think you're going to be prepared for this. KFC have produced a lifetime movie with Mario Lopez as Colonel Sanders. Yeah, KFC are making a biopic about their owner, Colonel Sanders. If you're unfamiliar with Mario Lopez, um, he's a he's an, uh, he's an American actor who um, a lot of people would would know him from uh, get him to the Greek pop star Never Stop uh, Stopping uh, he was in Greece as well uh, Greece Live so he's been in in some in some good stuff he's been been in some you know sort of lesser projects but this film is about Colonel Sanders now I am 
I've got nothing to say with this. I think that biopics work incredibly well. We've seen them over the past couple of years, you know, with Queen, Elton John, um, you know, even even further than that. You know, we've had like war heroes um, in American Sniper, which I, I can't recommend enough. That is, you know, a great film. We had like sports stars, criminals, um, you know, gangsters and stuff like that. You know, even stuff like Neil Armstrong. It's going to be very, very, very different after watching this film. Because the whole idea about a biopic, you know, and I know that they did the McDonald's uh, biopic, The Founder, but with Michael Keaton. I've never seen that film. But when I read this, I just thought, really? Really? Um, it's going to be called, and I'm not lying to you, it's going to be called A Recipe for Seduction. I mean, that's a title in itself. Um, It's a a parody short film due to debut on Lifetime this Sunday, so December the 13th. So put it in your diaries. Um, I do like KFC. I wouldn't wouldn't say no if somebody offered me a KFC. Um, It's definitely very, very filling. Uh, The chicken is lovely. But I, I, I have no... Uh, no, admir- I've got no feelings towards this film where I will be waking up on Sunday morning and thinking I need to watch uh, A Recipe for Seduction. I am going to review this for you guys and sort of talk about it um, on, on here, but don't expect this to be in my end of year ranking. I just wanted to do it to put a little bit of shed some light into FRC news and let you guys know that if you are interested, there is a KFC biopic where you'll be seeing Colonel Sanders be in a Christmas movie starred called A Recipe for Seduction. That's all we're leaving it there. All right. But back to the back to some more interesting news and possibly um, a massive, massive TV show going to Amazon. Uh, Robert Kirkman will soon this he branch out with another high profile TV series because he worked on Walking Dead uh, back on his excellent comic book series Invincible not only did the adult animation project reunite Kirk with former Walking Dead star Stephen Yoon the teen superhero Mark Grayson but the cast features a lot of uh, veterans Mark Hamill JK Simmons Sandra Oh um, and also we're seeing a uh, Ezra Miller join future Blade lead Mahershala Ali and six other actors for Invincible's first season. Uh, so this is basically full of Stephen Yoon's mark as he comes to terms with his superhero legacy as the son of Earth's most powerful superhero, Omni-Man, that's played by J.K. Simmons. Now, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued with this. I'm, I'm not possibly somebody that is going to be uh, sort of watching it, make sure you know I know all about it. But it looks pretty interesting. I'm not going to like Amazon Prime as well. You know, glad to see them doing uh, some superhero stuff. We've seen that with the boys over uh, two two fan- quite fantastic seasons. So, and the, I mean the cast involved. You know, we we've not seen any promotional footage yet, not a trailer. Uh, so you know, I'll obviously talk about that and sort of form my own opinions there but with the information we do know you know big actors such as Mark Hamill, J.K. Simmons, Ezra Miller, Mahershala Ali it's 
is going to be good. I'm I'm looking forward to it. I think that you know superhero films and superhero tv shows we've we've covered it so much on this on this podcast channel already but you know when do you branch out and when do you do something completely different and i think i always try and promote other films where in comic book adaptation we think that's a superhero thing you know as much as they get criticized blade was something revolutionary you know a vampire you know that much blood in a superhero film you know i thought superheroes were supposed to be you know saving the day daredevil as well you know the yeah, the sort of idea that they are, he's just, you know, going around in a mask, literally brutally murdering people. And I'm talking about the Netflix show, not the, not the Ben Affleck sh- film. We don't have to talk about that. But, you know, the boys as well, with how much sort of graphic imagery, Sin City as well, you know, that's that sort of very, very dark and, and sort of graphic comic book adaptation so even though marvel and dc are brilliant they've had they've made so much money with their with their films and that you know i keep making films from their well-known characters it's these type of tv shows these types of films where you know they go unnoticed but looking at the casting looking at you know what they're gonna you know do with amazon prime and sort of their direction they're taking their tv shows i think this is going to be one that people are definitely going to embrace for sure moving from one big uh, franchise like comic books to uh star wars as it looks like another star wars rebels veteran is ready to bring character to live action the mandalorian finally gave star wars fans the franchise's first major animation to live action crossover moment as opposed to the usual mode of film characters showing up in the animated world of the clone wars and rebels the introductions of both katie sakos bo katan and rosario dawson's ahsoka tano were widely celebrated and embraced by the fandom and now another star from the animated universe has shown in interest in making the jump to live action. Tia Serka, who, who is portrayed by Sabine Red, having voiced the badass Mandalorian rebel Sabine Red for most of the episodes in Star Wars Rebels 4-run season, Tia has obviously been in that character's headspace longer than anyone else. I'm all for it. I've never seen Star Wars Rebels. I, I am watching the Clone Wars at the moment. You know, there are so much stuff. You know, you try and get it. I am, of course, watching The Mandalorian. There is going to be a review in about two weeks when the show ends and sort of all of my thoughts on the whole entire series, not just, you know, sort of episodes. Every Friday, I cannot wait for it. Ahsoka Tano was brilliant. I thought she was smashed it Rosario Dawson she's a great actress and then Katie Sackhoff was brilliant as Bo-Katan as well so the fact that we're having these characters sort of link I've always sort of made you know ideas that the Mandalorian should bring in other characters from uh, the other Star Wars films but you know I'm looking forward to it I think the fact that she's a Mandalorian rebel you know works well with the show title the Mandalorian, you know, that's fantastic. And, you know, the fact that she's also, you know, sort of a, a this badass female character will, you know, definitely lean into that sort of connection they have with Mandalor- the Mandalorian as this season he's sort of working with other people. So this sounds fantastic. This has a really, really good step forward for this show. Season three's already been announced. We we have no idea when it's going to be started filming due to the pandemic. Um so, yeah, I, I'm all for it, really. I'm all for this idea of giving, 
you know, characters which are probably not very well known to the wider Star Wars fans and, and putting them into a show that, you know, Star Wars fans have embraced, Star Wars fans have literally gone on Disney Plus and subscribed for it just for The Mandalorian to come out weekly. Um, so I cannot wait to see what they do with you know new characters and and definitely teaching the origins and how they connect with characters we've 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 you know been told to learn about and love and the final news here is is that legendary is reported very unhappy about warner brothers decision to bring godzilla versus kong to hbo max warner brothers made a massive announcement last just last week that they're bringing their entire current 2021 theatrical slate to both theaters and the warner media streamer service hbo max at the very same time films like godzilla versus kong dune the conjuring the devil made me do it maligan and mortal kombat are listed on the schedule and Sardoff Chair and CEO of Warner Media Studios and Network Group said in a statement last week, no one wants films back on the big screen more than we do. We know new content is the lifeblood of theatrical exhibition, but we must balance this with the reality that most theatres in the US will likely operate at reduced capacity throughout 2021. First of all, I did a whole podcast dedicated to the Warner Brothers 2021 uh, release schedule sort of being moved to the, you know, HBO Max and ranked all the films that they said that will be coming out, you know, based on excitement level. So if you want to check that out and see where I put Godzilla vs. Kong, uh, make sure you go over that and check that podcast out. I've got two opinions about this different opinions based on the different things i think it's positive for the fans i think hbo max and warner brothers doing this i i think is not only brilliant for them but it's also brilliant for the studio for for audiences because certain fans are not going to want to go to the cinema i'm okay with it i wear my mask i have been only a couple of times this year but not as the most amount of times i would if it was any normal year but I think that they are doing this for the fans. They're not bothered about earning back the budget or, you know, look having a release date, you know, scheduled to sort of, you know, promote the film or, or sort of, you know, improve the film. So at the end of the day, they're looking at this and saying, look, we make the f- films for the fans. We don't make, you know, money helps. And I think the projects that they have done, you know, some are big, some might be really hidden, you know, big hidden gems and, you know, some sort of stuff where a year from now you say, that is a pretty good film. I'm glad I I'm glad I watched that. So I, I think that's positive for the fans and I don't think fans should look at this and go, why are they doing that? Because we, they're doing it for us. The fans, the fans of, you know, this Monsterverse, the fans of the Conjuring franchise, you know, Wonder Woman's obviously coming on on christmas day so it's the fans of the d you know dc fans you know superhero you know fans so that to me is fantastic however you don't know how many other production companies are linked in with these projects so for example dune might just be a warner brothers picture so they have the full rights to put that on there but however i don't know closed doors i'm not a journalist i'm not trying to you know sneak and in going into information i'm only reading what I've, I've i've heard and 
if Legendary are not happy with it, or they've not spoke to Warner Brothers and said, I don't want this to go on the streaming service, I want to go it on to the, you know, I want to go to cinemas, I wanted to get money, then it really shouldn't be going on HBO Max because they have not agreed to it. It's that business element of the two companies. And I think Legendary are well within their rights to moan. You know, Warner Brothers might respond going, well, we did say, we did say, you know, we were going to do it. You were per- perfectly fine with it. They could say that. And this could be a this could be a sort of a promotional thing for Legendary to say, you know, we, we don't, we're against this. You know, we're against it trying to put fans off. But, like I said, it's fantastic for the fans. If HBO are willing to do that, if Warner Brothers are willing to do that without, you know, getting direct box office for each of their 17 films, then why not? However, if it's just a Warner Brothers project, go on and do it. If it's a company else that they've got to get them... You know, they've got to get them on board with it. If Legendary will come out, well, this is, well, we're not on board with it, then that might change it. It might be a domino effect where all of the 17 films might cause problems. Some of them might be okay, but I think Legendary should have been involved a little bit more in the conversation. And I think that Warner Bros. have got to be careful with all of that. So that is it for the FRC News. Thank you so much for this week. I've been your presenter, Kieran Greenwich of the News. I hope that you guys feel a little bit more knowledgeable on what's going on in the movies and TV shows. Check out our previous news stories and we will be back next Wednesday. Good night.